Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Man, has recruiting changed quickly. <laughs> I love it. With SI's Pat Forty. You can get good, but can you get great? National championship great. That's why we've seen so few teams win the college football playoff and get even to the championship game of the college football playoff. Here's Pat and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. It is June, and you can say nothing's going on in college football, but what is going on is recruiting. And it never tends stops. to be, it never stops, but there tends to be a burst of commitments between now, like mid July. A lot of kids want to commit before their high school season. Then there's a bunch late. There's a lot going on. Kids have time to take visits. There's rivals camps. There's all sorts of stuff going on. So recruiting it is. And Thursday night uh, in Saline, Michigan. C.J. Carr, who is a class of 2024, so he's going to be a junior. Although I believe he's going he could, early, he could reclassify. Oh, uh-huh. okay, four star, ranked top 20. He's 22nd in the class by rivals. Whatever it is, he's one of the top quarterback recruits. His name, as we've mentioned on this pod before, last name being Carr, he has some ties to Michigan, to say the least. His grandfather Lloyd was a the head coach at Michigan for, I think, 13 seasons. Won it, won the only national championship there uh, since the 40s. Dad played at Michigan, and he's a lives basically in a suburb of Ann Arbor. So slightly some Michigan man ties. Yeah, just <laughs> Lloyd, a bit. Lloyd Carr's grandson. Like This isn't like, oh, he had an uncle who played track, did track and field there once, you know. Right. Yeah. The legacy of all legacy, C.J. Carr. However, every prognosticator who prognosticates is sending C.J. Carr to Notre Dame on Thursday. Interesting. So the fighting Irish and Marcus Freeman will land what it will likely be, if he if he's as good as he looks so far, a five-star quarterback for the first time since Jimmy Clausen. Okay, very interesting. Now, we don't know. Maybe he switches and goes to Michigan. Maybe he uh, chooses some of the other Michigan states on the list. That would really be a stunner. <laughs> I think that would yeah. be more offensive to Michigan fans than Notre Dame. Oh, by far. Like Notre Dame, they respect on a certain level. They look down on Michigan State. <laughs> of course. There's nothing but spite, really, between those yeah, two. Yeah, there's schools, no right? respect. Yeah. There's no like, yeah. all right, he, uh, because I mean, people make a big deal. We're going to make a deal of it. But, you know, it's nothing. If you want to 
you don't have to go where your dad went or your grandfather. Right. Like you go blaze your own trail. Maybe that's, you know, do whatever they want. It's his decision. So I don't take it as the end of the world for Michigan. But let's start with what this would mean for Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman's been on the job less than six months and or maybe six months. Right about six months. About six months, right? Mid-December? Uh, early December, I believe. Early December. Okay, six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This would be the 18th commitment he has landed. Now, a couple, actually, it's probably more because a couple guys committed and decommitted. All 18 would be either four or five stars. Wow. This would be the sixth top 100 player, which is what they really struggled to get. Yeah. They are involved, I looked, in the crystal balls for whatever this is worth. Not Mario crystal ball, crystal balls. <laughs> Mar- the crystal balls, crystal ball are, are also very good at Miami. Yeah. Uh, at least nine other top 100 players in the class of 2023. Now, again, CJ Carr's 2024. Have, no, uh, have Notre Dame either as their pick or very, very close. You know, they're in. Not that we haven't been talking about this, but as the as the numbers add up, it's not just like, hey, he came in and signed a few kids. Like, this is getting really impressive. And they're hitting a level that I think even, I've always been pretty bullish on Notre Dame. I was yeah. never like the that whole, like, you know, I think like, was the old Rick Riley wrote once, like, they'll never be good again. Or, you know, you got to join a conference. You know, these things like, they'll, no, they're, they can be good. But I didn't think they'd start recruiting at a level that literally, if they could keep it up, and we'll see, puts them in the in the bit where they're they have something close to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson talent, at least close, at least Ohio State talent. If you're doing this, this is what you need to do for three years, and you can win a national championship or at least compete. You can win playoff games. No, this this is exactly it. You 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 get the building blocks. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Marcus Freeman is off to just an electrifying start uh, in that area. I guess the one thing they haven't gotten yet is that linchpin superstar QB. And there's still, obviously, there's some ifs here. First of all, he has to actually, CJ Carr has to actually commit on Thursday, but everybody seems to think that's going to happen. Secondly, does he stay in 2024 or does he reclassify? I'm never a huge fan of rushing quarterbacks forward in terms of their development. I mean, if, if, if he's if he's developed enough mentally and physically and in quarterback skill to, to be a 2023 guy on campus and, and be able to co- compete to to play right away, then OK. But sometimes taking the, your time might be better than uh, than not. Also, the other thing with 2024, there's a lot of time where you can change your mind and decommit, as we see a lot of a lot of that happening. Now, I'm not sure it happens a whole lot with quarterbacks, and that may not be the case here. But still, if you get him, that's huge. And as, as we've talked about Notre Dame and another quarterback from the state of Michigan, so that could change the calculus there, correct? Dante Moore is in the class of 2023. He is a top 10 recruit and one of the top quarterbacks from Detroit uh, King High School. He has been linked heavily with Notre Dame. We talked in the past about how, you know, he and his dad went on an unofficial and hung around an extra day to watch the sun rise over the Golden Dome and <laughs> marveled at the waffles and all. He, they were saying all the Notre Dame type stuff. Okay, so you have two things uh, with that. There's also uh, Julian Sayan from California, who is in the class of 2024, who is ranked higher than C.J. Carr, just a little who has been heavily involved with Notre Dame also. Uh, So you have these three quarterbacks. The question is, are all three coming now? Unlikely. Okay. 
But could you get, could could Dante Moore still come with CJ Carr? Maybe if CJ reclassifies, does Julian Sayan still come? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. The, to me, for Notre Dame, this is like, this is the sign of strength, though, because this is what Georgia does. And it's like, we got four of you guys here. Which one wants to come? Right. It's not pinning yeah. everything on this one recruit that we have this one link to. And hopefully we get this guy. There's no plan B because they're all plan A. Yeah, exactly. So if this scares <laughs> off Dante Moore, I don't want to say scares, but if Dante Moore says, all right, forget it, I'm going to go somewhere else. And we'll talk about how this could impact the other else. Okay. I don't know. Like, who's better? I mean, you know, these rankings get very close. CJ Carr was at Notre Dame last weekend for like the fourth trip. He competed in some kind of open camp, you know, whatever they do, then announced he's about to commit. My guess is Marcus Freeman and staff, uh, Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, looked and said, we'll take you. It's my guess. You want to commit? Spot's yours. So they like what they saw. I mean, if, if this indeed plays out. But if you're, I mean, you can't get them all. But when you've got multiple, essentially five stars in the pipeline over a two-year period, if you can get one, that's <laughs> Notre Dame ain't gotten one. No. So long, I mean, Jimmy Clausen was a while ago. Yes, a long time ago. <laughs> so this is a good sign for Notre Dame. I just think what I this is, we'll see. They got a, they, it's still early, but like he hasn't even bothered signing a three-star. <laughs> right now, Notre Dame is priced out of three stars. And if you, the more top hundreds, you kind of need nine, ten top hundreds a class to get to that level. I, I, I did a stack because I wrote a column on this that's up on Yahoo. Like Notre Dame signed lots of good players and did really, really well the last six, seven years. But from 2015 to 2021, rivals, we're just using rivals five stars, okay? Alabama signed 31. Georgia signed 25. Clemson signed 24. Notre Dame signed three. Woo. Yeah. Well, there's the difference, right? That's the difference between national champion and can make the playoff and get trucked by an eventual national right. champion. Right. You just don't stand a chance. Yeah. That's 35 uh, first round, 31 first round picks. Now, and they're not all on the same team and all that. But, like, you have to do that, and then you can win national championships. Notre Dame, I don't think, is going to end up ever getting 31 over that period. That's a seven-year period, I think. Um, right. But if you, if, let's say, in we're talking in 2028, and it's like, yeah, they signed 24 of them, or, you know, 19 in the last, you know, all right, now you're in it. And so they, and one, one begets the, you know, the next. These kids have shown they want to consolidate to one spot. This is a continuation of, I think an unexpected level of success for Notre Dame. This isn't Notre Dame hype. This is real stuff. They just walked in. They very well may walk into Michigan and take Lloyd Carr's grandson. Yeah, right. That may, I mean, okay. That's yeah, and and, and that, that, like, could go anywhere just, else too. I mean, well, he's got a that's LSU the thing. He's offer. Not, he's got a yeah. You know. Right. He's not just a name with a legacy. He's an actual good player, really good player, according to the the recruiting analysts. So that's significant. It's like you know, if 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 his name were C.J. Parsegian and he were at South Bend St. Joseph and he were going to Michigan, that would be the the kind of the converse of this, where you are avoiding the family legacy, which, as you said, is fine. Peyton Manning certainly didn't go to Ole Miss because the family was, you know, because Archie went there and his older brother went there. You can find many other examples. You don't have to do that. It's your decision. Do what you want and make a good decision. But it is an eye opener when when these sort of things happen, for sure. Notre Dame's in a really good. I, I, I just I haven't seen a guy 
come in and recruit. Now, we've seen, we don't know whether Marcus Freeman can coach, but we never know right. if anybody can coach until they actually coach. And we never know if anyone can coach at a specific school until they actually, I mean, we've, we've discussed this before. The most obvious, successful, no-brainers don't work, and the ones that don't sometimes do. But the trend of taking this guy in his late 30s, he's 36 or mid-30s, and giving him these prime jobs worked for Dabo Sweeney. Clemson just got elevated. Yep. Nobody knew yep. who he was. Yep. Uh, back then, no one could say his name. I, I still can't. <laughs> William Christopher worked for Kirby Smart. Got you hired. did pretty well with that Dabo, I have to say. That was, that was pretty like Dabo. Yeah, Stab boy. I, you know what? It's not fair. It's not a real word. It's not a real word. Dab boy <laughs> is not a word. <laughs> Year five of the podcast or whatever, Ron, you're getting William it. Christopher. You're getting the hang. Worked for Kirby Smart. Uh, Ryan Day, coach third base. Worked for Mario Cristobal at Oregon. Mm -hmm. Worked for Lincoln Riley. So, you know, it, it's not that it can't work because it can. I mean, who, of the, those five coaches are what? Other than Saban. I mean, what would you put, would you put those five guys? The top seven coaches of the last? Yeah, no, seven, it's, eight. I mean, I don't know if Cristobal's quite there, but no, he's, he's the close, one though. who's not. But but he's had success. Yeah, he just hasn't had quite elite level success yet. But had he stayed one more year, you know, I mean, Oregon set up real well. So I don't know. I just I, I'm I guess we'll see what I, I have a feeling Notre Dame's going to pop here for a few more in the next month, and this is just going to continue to be. Interesting. It's very hard to go from good to great. Yeah. I mean, that's why so few teams have done it, right? We've Clemson seen that. is There's about a, it. Yeah. Georgia. There was a, a bottleneck at the end, right? You, you can you can get good, but can you get great? National championship, great. That's why we've seen, we've seen so few teams win the college football playoff and get even to the championship game of the college football playoff. You have to now beat Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State you have to beat the other ones in Clemson for the recruit. I mean, there's just no way around it. They're all going for the same guys. And if you can't beat them, you're not going to beat them on the field. I mean, you just obviously recruiting is imperfect. But the more picks in the draft you have, if you will, the better your shot at 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 getting somebody, you know. So, yeah, yeah. my guess is CJ Carr is pretty well coached. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lloyd Carr so, was on the staff with Tom Brady, you know? <laughs> no, he right. wasn't the offensive coordinator. Doing, dr doing drop backs at, you know, the, the family Christmas. In the <laughs> yeah. Right. Coach a little turkey, bowl, turkey Bowl is probably pretty well coached at the Carr household. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the, the extension of this, then what? And I haven't read your column yet, so I apologize for that. But the, what, what, how much does that, perhaps raise the imperative for Michigan, Michigan to get Dante Moore? Well, I think it's it's highly significant. I don't know whether they can do it, but right. I think it becomes even more imperative to get Dante Moore to Michigan. To lose both yeah. guys, you have two five-star quarterbacks in Michigan, one in 23, one in 24, and you get neither. Yeah. Um, and one's the the you know, your former head coach's grandson and the other is in Detroit, which is a, a Michigan stronghold, um, yeah. would be not good. Uh, Harbaugh has right. always found a way, man. He's found a way. But you also have a former NFL quarterback as your coach. You know, I think it's, it's huge. Now, Dante Moore, there was a lot of talk about Notre Dame, but he's taking a visit, I think, coming up to Texas A&M, which certainly... Uh, shows how hot Texas A&M is, but also rises the eyeballs of like, well, what 
I mean, we know there's no such thing as any money at Texas A&M Kerr Bird Jimbo. That's right. Uh, common sense suggests otherwise. <laughs> nope. Oregon got a visit. Very active yep. in the rumored to be active in the collective <laughs> field, both <laughs> before and after collectives existed. <laughs> Miami right. has been uh, yeah. linked up. Josh Gaddis, who used to be the Michigan offense coordinators down there in Miami. We know Miami is active. They actually admit it. <laughs> they occasionally have their deals put on the Internet. Yeah. yeah. Can Michigan close on Dante Moore? I, I don't know what I mean. I hate to put like sit there and be like, it's a must anything for Harbaugh because the dude, he's captain comeback his whole right. career. I just finds, a way, <laughs> just finds yeah. a way to do it. But sure feels like a must get. Yeah. I mean, even if it's not literal must get, it's really, really important. I, I just think if you miss two guys from within your state, within your backyard, basically uh, like that, at that position, that's that's immense. And, you, you you know, yes, they can they can find other quarterbacks and that you might find a good one and, and develop them into a really good one. And maybe you can build around a quarterback around the quarterback position and still be really good like they did last year where Cade McNamara was good, uh, but he wasn't like, you know, otherworldly. Uh, I mean, Georgia with Stetson Bennett, you can win, you can win, but that's also was a historic defense. Uh, you are certainly better off if you have a really high level quarterback. And so it is uh, a a high priority at the very least for Jim Harbaugh to get one of these two guys. I would think J.J. McCarthy will get will become the starting quarterback at Michigan this year. Could be. Could be. Uh, I mean, at some point in this year, maybe the start. I am just the talent of J.J. McCarthy is there i would i would think he he gets he he gets he becomes the starter at some point that'll be a battle that'll be a battle for michigan but we'll be it'll be interesting to see where michigan goes but that also plays a role in it uh yeah. where are you gonna play you right. know these guys want you know first of there's the collective then there's nil money on the side the, the legit nil money you gotta play you, no you i mean you have to that's especially in this in the current climate you you 100 have to and you're right i mean mccarthy yeah, he brings more of a legit dual threat. He's got a lot of moxie. Um, he he throws well. Uh, I'm not sure he's phenomenal, but maybe we we saw just a small sample size of him from that standpoint. So he might end up being the guy there. But that's why I mean that's why quarterbacks transfer because you do have to be the starter from an NIL perspective and reportedly at least from an NFL development. Absolutely. Remember we were at the Michigan State game and he, he they put him in to run and he yeah. fumbled and you Oh yeah. It was like why no, they it put turned him out to be and I said right then I they got to play him or he's gone. Yep. That was a, a disastrous substitution but there was a reason behind it. Yeah, they ended up surviving that still making the playoff and and JJ McCarthy did not Nevada. I mean you can't count on this guy to just stay. So right. my guess is that manifests even more playing time. Uh, for him. But that is a, uh, you know, that would be certainly significant. It would also be very significant if Dante Moore just says, all right, I'm out of here. I mean, first off, Oregon would be a huge get for Oregon. I mean, uh, Texas A&M signs this incredible recruiting class last year. They do have Connor Wigman, I think, or Wigman, however you say his name. I'm sorry, uh, Connor, you know, but Moore wouldn't be there for Another year is that, does, you know, you stack that up. I mean, you got to go and compete somewhere if you're going to do these yeah. classes. But 
That's, I mean, if you're Dante Moore and you've been as good as he is, you're probably not that scared of competition, right? right? You figure you're wherever you go, you're going to beat out whoever's in front of you right. or, or whoever's coming in with you or behind you. Well, and you may now sit there and say at Michigan, I'm not dealing. I mean, like, look, Dante Moore's got a big rep. I mean, the big rep helps, right? This is how Drew Henson got so much playing time over uh, Tom Brady. Um, which Lloyd Carr forever screwed speaking, up. Speaking of Lloyd Carr. Yeah, speaking of Lloyd Carr. But, you know, you don't really want to be the quarterback struggling when the guy named Carr is your backup, maybe at Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, but Dante Moore is pretty far. I don't know. Very, very interesting. All right. The other one is uh, Arch Manning visited Georgia. Reports are he liked the trip, which I cracks me up every time I hear these. <laughs> Oh, you like Athens, Georgia. Mm. I can go this weekend all by myself with nobody there. Like if, and I would be like, that's great. If they you want like to the make trip. me like it, they're, I'm going to be like, this place is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, you got to choose to live in one of three vacation spots. Like you, you go to Hawaii. Oh, I loved it. It was great. Maui's <laughs> terrific. Uh, go to Cancun. I loved it. The Cancun Hilton is incredible. Go to Paris. This is, you know, I mean, of course you're going to like it. However, does appear Georgia is back in the in a spot there, and they have maybe a better path than Alabama and Texas to start. And I consistently think that will be the biggest factor for the Manning family. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the Manning family is not worried about we got to get paid now for NIL. Okay, that that is off the table as a concern. I think uh, if you look at the family, it's always been go somewhere where you can play and develop and then get picked very highly in the NFL draft and then become a 15 year star. Uh, and yeah, that's that's. And if we have to rig the NFL draft <laughs> to get you to the team we want, we will. That's right. The Eli, <laughs> the Eli principle. I don't think he's going to go wrong to to your point of, yeah, geez, visiting Cancun, Maui, and Paris. He's not going to probably go wrong between Texas and Georgia. The difference is probably Sark is more offensive friendly as of right now. Kirby can probably just sit there though and say, "Look, we'll we'll change. We'll do whatever whatever works best for you. And if that means uh, we spread it and chuck it fifty times, we will." Georgia's proven proven winner. Texas not a proven winner at this point. Got a lot of proving to do. The choices are intriguing there, and obviously, if Alabama's still in the mix, it's it's Alabama. But but I, I it seems like it's coming down to those other two. I can't wait to see which one it is. But if you're if you're Arch, you're like gonna be saying, ah, I, I have phenomenal choices. Like when when my kid to that point of enjoying visits, my kid went to Texas, uh, Georgia, and Stanford and Virginia, but but came back from all of them. Like, yeah, they're all great. Like you you set yourself up very well in those positions to make that choice. Yeah, I, I, people are banging Georgia because they haven't had a thousand yard receiver this century, and they haven't had a three thousand yard quarterback since Aaron Murray. Like that coaching staff is smart enough. If you get a uh, an absolute stud in Arch Manning, you're going to change your entire offense. Sure, him. There, I, you know, yeah. like that's I, like what I mean. Saban eventually evolved, right? And everybody has said Kirby's like Saban at this point in his development. You know, the 2009, 10, 11 Saban. But then, yeah, you get the players, you get the personnel, and you get a coordinator too in in Lane. Then, but I mean, maybe sticks with Todd Munkin. But if not, you can go get somebody else to to run the spread it and chuck it. You can do that. Look, all due respect to the law firm of Stetson Bennett. He did win it. <laughs> Here we go again. Me, but I'm not going to be silenced. 
<laughs> Dan Wetzel again going to bang on Stetson Bennett. Here we go. Arch Manning is as good as all these guys say Arch Manning is. You're going to have <laughs> – it's an upgrading quarterback. Stetson Bennett did a great job. But, you know, if this if Arch Manning is as good as his brother – as his uncles, I'm sorry. Uh, if he's anywhere near as good as his uncles, they're going to have a 1,000. That's the last thing I'd be worried about. Yeah. If I was a receiver, I'd be like, oh, you got Arch Manning? Well, you know, you haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be looking at the stats. I'd be looking like, where do I sign to play with Arch Manning? So, all right, we will check that out. All right. Also a recruiting story. Uh, just a little different one. Basketball. Duke. Duke University. John Shire, the head coach. They are killing it in recruiting. Yeah, like crushing the it Nike to an pipeline. unbelievable degree. Yeah, the Nike pipeline is flowing. And Duke is rolling. They signed the top three players coming in, right? Yeah. At least in some recruiting yep. They just created a position for general manager, which has become sort of the, the new thing and I think is a great idea. Someone who focuses solely on recruiting, transfers, uh, running the scouting department, all of that, that stuff. And so, and if I'm shy or particularly as a first-year coach, now you're going to have to do a lot of recruiting because you can't just be, you can't just be coach, you know, Coach K would call and they answer the phone, right? Yeah. Um, he's Coach K, but uh, it's all so you still got to recruit. But they bring in Rachel Baker, who was previously at Nike. It's a very smart Rachel Baker is a very accomplished and organized. Like she helped run the EYBL, handled all sorts of stuff, and that is a trying to run those events, just logistical nightmares. No, the the worst. Uh, politics, uh, track. I mean, it's just, this is a very, very qualified, and this is a great hire. But there is some funny stuff with Rachel Baker, most notably when when Michael Avenatti, who's now imprisoned on his, like, second conviction, uh, was was briefly involved in, in, rec- in the recruiting world, because, of course, <laughs> part of his stuff he put out there was one of the all-time great quotes, was Rachel Baker in a, I think it was a text, we have it in our story from a couple years ago. Uh, she expressed concern. She, a Nike executive who led the event strategy for the YBL, expressed concern to a colleague about carrying large amount of cash through airport security. Indicated she would just lie and say, "I just sold my car." If she got stopped, this is according to a motion. <laughs> Put it. Man, has recruiting changed quickly? <laughs> I love it, and I say this with all due respect. Rachel Baker was doing her job then. She's going to do her job great now, yeah. but that's pretty fun. Uh, yeah. No, when I, when this thing blipped on the radar uh, Tuesday morning, I was like, Rachel Baker, that name does sound familiar. And then, yeah, I found our story from three years ago, you, myself, and Pete, that included that nugget in the, in the you know, swath of Avenatti allegations that were in this motion uh, in which, yes, she, she, she was carrying large amounts of cash to an EYBL event for geez i wonder why no i just yeah you know, you know no coke machine yeah, right gotta buy orange slices <laughs> for all the players right yeah yeah i love it it says finally we're all we're out we're out in the open yeah, yeah right no duke has hired somebody who at least at first blush according to a motion in court would fit the definition of a bag woman and now she is the gm uh, of yeah, duke technically basketball. a bag woman had a bag of money had a, i guess had a bag no. of money can't say but, for sure. What I mean, she's I know the, that world, and 
running those events and knowing every, knowing everybody. I mean, this is a great hire. Yeah, no, no. I mean, she's connected and she's she. If you can handle working in that world uh, effectively, then yes, you are going to be really, really valuable to Duke from a recruiting standpoint. This is how good Duke's recruiting is right now in basketball. Like Kay did that one year with Zion and Cam Reddish and and those guys. He had he had the one, two, three. So it has been done, but. So I'm looking at the rivals. They signed three of the top five coming in players uh, and also number 20, Mark Mitchell. So four five-star players in class of 22. And then the class of 23 has already got two five-star players. Now, gr- granted, you know, you run through them quick. But going forward, I would expect that this will just be, this will continue to be an onslaught. Uh, and I would think every other school has got to sit there and go, man, why didn't we hire Rachel Baker? Yeah, I mean. Uh, but I. He's, I mean, he's just loading up. John Shire has, has to be just a decent coach, and they're going to be really good. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's actually recruiting even better than Marcus Freeman. And again, we don't know whether either of them can coach, but talking about hitting the ground, not just running, but full sprinting in terms of talent procurement, and then we'll find out what they can do with it. Uh, well, speaking of uh, interesting job transitions, Dan, in tangentially related, at least to college sports. Uh, what else popped up on Tuesday? But the uh, the LIV Saudi backed golf tour that is having their oh yeah that's their initial feel event. good event yeah oh uh, yeah right you know <laughs> just a bunch of trying to destroy the PGA <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm I get it it's business but ouch yeah. you know those those plucky underdogs from uh, from Saudi Arabia with yeah like the most money in the world yes they they have they've basically pirated away players from the PGA Are gas prices high right now <laughs> i hadn't heard human hadn't human rights gas prices you know they they've got a lot to, a lot of real all your money is them. going to dustin johnson and phil mickelson yeah. when you fill up that tank <laughs> just know what you're paying for but yeah paying off the, mickelson's 40 million dollars and gambling debt yeah. right that and a murderous dictatorship yeah. but hey you know That's it. but the the who who showed up to to moderate the initial press conference for these guys none other than our friend Ari Fleischer previously seen as the flack for the college football playoff which now looks like you know a a Disney entity compared to the Saudi golf team <laughs> you know but uh here we go. We've got Ari Fleischer gone from the Bush administration to the college football playoff to the Saudi golf tour. What a what a guy. He knows how to pick them. <laughs> he does. <laughs> well, yeah, he uh, he has Ari Fleischer sports, I think is what it's called. And he's had a number of tends to tends to handle the not popular clients. Hopefully he handles the Saudis better than he handled the college football playoff. Well, yeah, they already, they already had an AP guy, uh, the AP Sports World Correspondent, get shuttled out of a, a second press conference. Oh, today, there so. we go. All right. Off to a hot start. <laughs> yeah, he handles, I think he works at SEC, Big Ten, lots of places. He's, he's amazing. Look, at, I have said this on this podcast before. I have a soft spot for Ari Fleischer. He's, and I know he does politics, so people get fired up about, like, I don't care about his politics. Defend him or dis- don't like him. I don't really care. <laughs> He's was horrible at he's been horrible at the college football playoff. Horrible. Like, absolutely terrible. Horrible. Like everyone hates the college football playoff, yeah. right? And they, like he leaked the the proposal that ended up getting shot down because they leaked it too quick. Yeah. Like I have a soft spot because he's so bad at the job. His counter plan to death to the BCS a decade ago was so bad. 
it was so successful for me personally. <laughs> we were not selling a lot of books until Ari Fleischer decided to attack our book. <laughs> and then we started selling lots of copies until the point we had to put like they printed like six editions and then we got to do another uh, follow up book. So I love Ari Fleischer because he completely sucks at his job. One of my kids is going to college based on Ari Fleischer's incompetence. So, you know, I have to say, I love the guy. Like, personally, I love him. I will have no slander oh, on this Oh, sure. Man. Okay. When you led with, I have a soft spot for Ari Fleischer, I was like, wait a minute. Who body snatched Wetzel? Because <laughs> like we, my bank account is great. Now I understand. Now I understand. He has no idea what he's doing. No, he's horrible. He's horrible. It was like, is he doing this? Oh, great. <laughs> he's a PR disaster in every sense of the word. Why he's a disaster, he but he gets these, these jobs. jobs. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you're just on cable TV, these guys hire you. <laughs> I have no idea. He's horrible. Yeah. He was in this case. I don't know about all his other work. I'm seeing he worked for Pfizer. You know, I mean, he's worked for all these different people. So maybe he does great work. I, the Saudis, whatever, probably not getting great PR on that. I don't blame him for taking the money. He takes the money. But yeah, he was horrible. He, he was so bad. He was great for us. So I personally love Ari Fleischer. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, people who say to us occasionally, like on Twitter or elsewhere, stick to sports. Maybe Ari should stick to anything but sports. If his <laughs> track record is, no, the, is no. the college football playoff and, and his first his first go today as the uh, the flack for the for the LIV tour. Ari, please attack epic athletes. <laughs> Please attack the podcast. Tell him I'm corrupting the youth of America or something. Come on, buddy. Yeah. Let's have him attack the Why don't podcast. You form a, somebody hire Ari. I'm going to hire Ari <laughs> to attack. Uh, how about that? <laughs> Ari, baby, call me. We'll, I'll pay you to attack the books. Attack the pod. Yeah. Whatever you want to attack. You came through for me before. You can do it again. Uh, I mean, they, they had the college football playoff plan done. And then lost it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. How many millions of dollars got lost in that oh. that fa- that that leak? You got it first and goal inside the two, and Ari decides we're going to run a triple reverse. <laughs> Sends that. No. Just, yeah. And then they lose the playoff. There's a two year delay. Millions and millions of dollars for his clients lost. Complete tumult on what's going to happen. I would describe it as Jared Garantano calling his own number on the one and doing a QB reverse and has it swiped and taken 99 <laughs> yards by Alabama. <laughs> yeah, a fun, probably, a fun moment for Tennessee people. Probably wasn't all his fault, but neither was the death of the BCS all his fault, but his campaign was terrible. Yeah, I don't know, but he's still, made, he's still hired. I, I mean, I mad respect for the guy. Somehow these people keep paying him. <laughs> but the good news is he's just, you know, he's such a... Humble, enjoyable guy with the media. You know, he's really just <laughs> glib, lovely personal interactions. Like, I, I cast no aspersions on anyone taking money from anybody. It's the American way. Next but up, yeah, he's going to but, FIFA. I know yeah. it. That'll he's, be it. He's hitting for the yeah, cycle. No, the, the Qatar. Yeah, like, he'll be in there. Yeah, the Qatar World Cup bid. Like, oh, we only had 4,000 migrants die. That's all. But look how nice our trains run. <laughs> and it's not really 120 degrees here. I It's only 118. I don't know. You know. I'm bl- I'm pushing back on your narrative. I don't care. <laughs> That's great. Podcast champions Ari Fleischer. There we go. Oh, yeah, I said hot, small sample Heisman. <laughs> Huge. Oh, we do have one bit of little news. Okay, per the Houston Chronicle, 
when the Texas Longhorns and the Texas A&M Aggies finally meet up in the SEC, whenever this will be, the first game will be played at Kyle Field in College Station. Do you care? Thoughts? Uh, don't care too much, but but I, I would think that is the least they could do, the SEC could do for A&M, if you remember how aggrieved A&M was, that, uh, that that news, A that first of all, the Texas was coming, and that secondly, it was basically sprung on them uh, without their knowledge or awareness. So uh, I, I would say... That's a that's a a make good as best they could. It's like okay, well, the, when when y'all play Aggie Field, baby, get those uh, fake army guys locking arms and swaying back and forth, and you get the first shot at them at home. I just laughed at this that that like a game that will eventually be played almost certainly every year and switch sites. The site of the first one was statewide news. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. That's how big this is going to be. Oh, yes. And I hey, yeah. I was there in Destin when Ross Bjork was asked about that, and he confirmed it, that, yes, that that was the case. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, this was considered very big news in that state. Old Justin Tucker with the with the last kick huh. in 2011 and at Kyle Field, last time they played to win 27-25. I think the Aggies wow. are foaming at the mouth to get back at him. <laughs> Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker, who wow. hadn't missed a kick since then, I don't think, by the way. No, I don't no. think he has. No. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So I don't care where they're playing it. I don't care if it's anywhere. Yeah, they could do the Friday Night Lights playoff game in the middle of a cow pasture. <laughs> cow pasture and, yeah. yeah, or just play it I'll at Odessa Permian. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't care. It's going to be great. All right, Sully, college baseball time. Here we go. Yes. Sully's passion. Woo! Monday was awesome. There were nine games that were elimination baseball games. I mean, the College World Series really is, I mean, nine game sevens in one, one event, one day. Yeah. Hell, UConn won. <laughs> That's it. As somebody said on Twitter, this may be another bonus for Randy Edsel. There's a part of the bracket that is UConn versus Stanford, Tennessee versus Notre Dame. I was saying it's great women's basketball final four. <laughs> out of women's basketball. Um, I absolutely loved watching. I don't watch college baseball. I don't like baseball generally, but I like the college baseball World Series, like more than the regular World Series. Way more interesting to me. Yeah, it's fun. It's dramatic. I mean, they... College baseball is so f fragile, it seems like where, I mean, good players can make terrible plays and <laughs> wild things happen. I mean, if you saw the softball game between, uh, and they're down Oklahoma to the nitty-gritty, Oklahoma State and Texas, and Oklahoma State's got them beaten until they committed two ghastly errors on the same play and gave up three runs. I mean, they poor, said poor they gave four, four errors in that game, and they had only committed like 20 the whole year or something. It was like, this is the best defensive team in college softball, and they just kicked it away. Yeah, God love them. And, and then on the baseball like, side, man, those guys, they they had to come back and come back. They were down by like 12 runs at one point and couldn't get it done. Poor Stillwater, pour one out for those guys yeah. in softball and baseball. Tough. Pour it out in the hotel room. <laughs> that too. Yes, the, the sketchy hotel rooms in Stillwater. <laughs> and maybe Missouri State players broke into like remodeled rooms, but there's actually a transformer, like a full-size transformer, Bumblebee out in front of the hotel because why not? It's Stillwater. Like, <laughs> local access. TV came out with a statement from the Motel 6. Like, it is 
that story is so still water. It's amazing. <laughs> Sully loaded with content on the on the NCAA baseball tournament. That one yes. is that story is an epic one. Yeah, the the hotels were not up to snuff in Stillwater. Look, if you're gonna host these things on campus, this is what you get. I mean, yeah. Stillwater right. is not gonna have a whole bunch of Hiltons, you know. Right. It's just we had a so Statesboro regional, we had a Stillwater regional. Yeah. yeah, perfect. I I I've always loved the Stillwater. Like if you're naming a town. And you want people to come like still water doesn't do it like big rapids or something like <laughs> that's why I love Florida cities, right? Celebration, yeah. frost, frost proof, winter haven. <laughs> still like, water just sounds like a, a mosquito haven. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't want to be around still water. Like it's going to be polluted. Like what is who names their town that yeah, there, there are no rapids in still water. So, I mean, you, you, you got to have a little so bit what? of accuracy. You just lie. You lie. Here's. <laughs> <laughs> The Wetzel method of of uh, civic uh, promotion just lie like they do it like, like they do about the water in Ames. Yeah, big uh, big happenings in Palo Alto. UConn and I are both descending there. I'm going in for graduation. UConn for the super regional. So I I, I don't think I obviously won't be able to hang out with Randy Edsel and his bonus money. He won't be buying me beer, but I'll I'll look and see if we see any other Husky faithful there. I was not happy with Stanford. No, great comeback. Yeah. I became a Texas State fan. I did not know Texas State was in. Like Sully picked them last week. I did how many not. of your I'm sure he did? How not. many of your super regionals are still alive? All eight. Uh, so the left side of the bracket, the Tennessee side of the bracket, I got every single one right. The right side of the bracket, oh boy, it is ugly. I, I think I only got half of the half of the eight right on that side. Okay, that's good. We don't want too much chalk. We don't want Sully being a know-it-all. No. So that's good. Twelve that's right. of sixteen. Okay. Well. I, uh, have you guys seen the movie Everybody Wants Some? I have not. It's on my uh, list now. It's a college baseball movie from 2016. Richard Linklater, Linklater, I don't know how you say his name. Very famous producer. <laughs> this is why my career in Hollywood never works. <laughs> he made Dazed and Confused quite famously. Okay. This is his this is his ode to the 80s. If and he played he played college baseball, I believe at Sam Houston State. Uh. And he created this movie, Everybody Wants Some, that is absolutely hysterical. I absolutely love this movie. It film only grows 5.4 million, so nobody watched it. Yeah. But I, I encourage it greatly. Two thumbs up from me. Captures the college they baseball the movie at Texas State, uh-huh. at, at Slam Marcos. Okay. So once I found that out, it was like the everyone wants some. It was like rooting for the Cleveland Indians because of uh, Major League. <laughs> Everybody wants some. They do play it. They practice some baseball. The rest of the time, they're just drinking <laughs> and partying and all that. Sounds like and college Texas baseball. Too, they ended up beating Stanford to force a game seven. And they earlier in the year, they had a great regular season. They beat number one Texas at number one Texas. And at the final strikeout, the dude had the pitcher had probably the best double horns down you've, you've ever seen. There we go. So, hell of a team. Uh, that will play in Slam Marcos. The legacy of Jake Bradford, the, the star of the movie, and Plummer, Brumley, Willoughby. Great collection of players down there. All right. Everyone wants some. So, this is... Tell me, please tweet at me that you saw this damn movie, because <laughs> maybe it doesn't even exist. Maybe I'm, I tried to sell it to these guys. Nobody's seen it. I'll, I'll, I'll consider watching it. I trust your, no, your sense of humor. All right, watch. you guys have homework. Next week, we're, we're discussing this. Thing. I'm going to watch it. That's going to... That's a good pump-up movie for this beautiful, super regional setup that we got starting Friday. I, I trust your, your movie picks more than your song picks. We're going to... <laughs> we're back out summer girls everyone wants me 
getting hammered with dramatic reading requests oh, yeah. now. We're not that bit's <laughs> over. I don't know, man. We might lose listenership. I think we did. We've got a new niche. <laughs> We I'll might do a dramatic reading from Everyone Wants Some. Next okay. Week. We, there we go. We might need to do a dramatic reading of some of the wackier fight songs out there. Mm, well, that can be done. That could be pretty fun. Because you know, there's some like some just gnarly ones that were written up in the late 1800s. About, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. no, I, I've done whole 40 yard dashes on those. So, college softball World Series, Oklahoma versus Texas. Who's ha- does the Big 12 claim this or the <laughs> SEC? Are we going to get SEC chance at this thing? They'll both I did it. see a stat that we have a potential of having seven future or former uh, SEC teams in the College World Series plus UConn. So <laughs> plus it's UConn. on both sides. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Only three Big 12 teams made the, the, the softball tournament, and they were the final three. So yeah. Pretty good. No, pretty incredible. They, uh, they got it going on down there. But that's nobody's going to beat Oklahoma. Like, Texas is the, one of the few teams that has beaten Oklahoma this season, but that Oklahoma team's a juggernaut. One of the just just absolute coolest moments in college sports this season was the one of the Oklahoma players in the dugout. Who was it? UCLA beat him in game one, and then in game two, they were up 5-0 early, yeah. and you see her mouth in five innings, five innings. Yeah, yeah. right. We're going to mercy. Yeah. They just beat you. If you weren't paying attention... They went into the final game to qualify for the finals, whatever, however this thing. I can't, I can't figure out these brackets. It's too complicated, but whatever. UCLA had to beat Oklahoma twice, and Oklahoma barely ever loses. But they do defeat them in the opener, and Oklahoma only has to win once. UCLA has to win twice. Tom Brady's niece hits two home runs. UCLA, like, stuns them. Brady's tweeting and going crazy, and it was like... It's like you punch a bully or you punch the boxer and he tastes his own blood and goes, all right, now it's on. Like, good. I wanted to get hit. Right. Yeah. And they mercy rule him 15 zip. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty savage. Pretty mad respect. Mad respect. Just, oh, that's nice. You guys won a game. Yeah. We are now going to beat you 15 to zero in five yeah. innings. If cute, you guys are cute out there at UCLA with your little curse of UCLA. <laughs> this is a boomer sooner, baby. And the one woman who I should know her name, I'm sorry, uh, just hit a home run. Like, like it's like a Mark McGuire 600 footer. Like you can't hit a softball that hard. Yeah, she's Just the crushed. all-time home run queen, right? She's hit the most. Yeah, yeah. who is it? What's her Jocelyn name? Jocelyn Allo or something? No, am I getting that right? Yeah, that's it. Her oh, dad Hawaii. is about, his dad is massive. Yeah. Just huge dude. Yeah. No. Wears a huge picture of her on his, uh, just, it was great. Yeah. That was a beat down. When you're run ruling teams in the national semifinals, that's pretty serious. <laughs> Mercy. Mercy rule. Um, all right, so Sully, any hesitation in your choices now? You had Tennessee defeating... Oregon State in the finals. Uh, I believe that was because you don't want to face Stanford, so you were like throwing a jinx on them a little bit. I, I, yeah, I, I, I know I, you're I, thinking. Well, it's just hard to beat a team three times, right? And Stanford's kind of beat up the Beavers so far this year, and they're they're really neck and neck, two close teams. So I think the Beavers are going to get the get the best of them in the semis. But so, no. are you yeah. changing your predictions at all right now? No, no. I still think Tennessee makes it. I think East Carolina beats Texas at home. That atmosphere is going to be wild in Greenville. Aggies, Louisville looks pretty. They're, they're linking, limping in. Yeah. I think the Aggies get it. Oklahoma's the hottest team in the country. They're going to keep going. I think UConn runs out of gas. Arkansas scares me a little bit. So that that's the one 
that's the team that could really blow up my bracket. Well, Stanford was very vulnerable, right? I mean, they, they they went into the loser's bracket and then barely, barely got out of it against Texas. It took State. a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. They were down two in the bottom of the ninth and Stanford finally turned it on. So it's what about fun. Notre Dame and Tennessee? Now you got to, this is a little, Notre Dame looks pretty good. Yeah. They're studs and they, there's no Notre Dame, there's no ACC representation on the selection committee. So they've, they've kind of gotten the shaft back to back years. They probably should have been a host. Georgia Southern got the, got the host spot over them probably because of, you know, the, the, the Statesboro regional, everybody wants to see that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're really hard. It's going to be a tough out for the, for the Irish. Notre Dame got underseated, right? Cause they had four games canceled due to weather. Yeah. Yeah. They get underseated. They get a little disrespect pl- for playing Northern baseball. bias, <laughs> bias against the North. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> It's not just it's not just the college football playoff selection committee, and it's not just the men's basketball tournament selection committee that people can bash. We can bash the baseball selection committee too. Yes, you can. Okay. You get ACC representation on. Okay, there. They play baseball too. There we go. I think I'm sticking with East Carolina as my team now that Texas State is out. Mm. They look good. There we go. The Pirates are flying, and they're hosting the Super against one of the Blue Bloods in Texas. That's appointment television right there. All right. Let's let's switch it over. Let's quit talking baseball, even though we could probably do an hour and a half on this. And you, let's do you could do an court. hour and a half on this. Yeah, I could. I could. People's court time. People's court. All right. Fellas. Love a good. So we got an age old Twitter debate that popped up a uh, about a about a couple weeks ago, and it, it went viral again because a video uh, posted today on Tuesday morning from a guy, Eco McLean, the suit guy, posted this, of an orangutan getting a hold of some poor, looks like a zoo-goer, and rips off his shirt, grabs his leg, and with his 600 pounds of force that he could grip with, damn near rips this guy's leg off. (laughs) Like, And he's sitting there, he's got a dude pulling at him, and the orangutan's not letting go. He's got both feet up up on the bars and takes a nibble at his foot, oh at the poor guy's foot, it almost gets it. He gets away, but it is very close to losing a leg, limb, foot, everything. He lost his shirt at least, but he's very lucky to not lose more than that. So I, I, I saw this. I saw this. Let's just go over this little video. So it's a yeah. it's a heavy barred cage. Like this is rebar. Where are we? Mm-hmm. Where, where where in a, in the okay. world are we? I I do not see a a, a location. Okay. All right, could be anywhere. Yeah. You're wherever orangutan is. So this guy's near the orangutan. He reaches out and just grabs his leg. He grabs his shirt and leg. This guy thought he was like playing with the orangutan. I don't know what he thought. He just grabs, he grabs, the, like, pulls him into the bar right on the cage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's got four legs, so you can't four arms. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a, opposable yeah, thumbs on yeah, all, no. all everything. Yeah. Uh, he gets away, but it's a wonder his leg didn't snap. Um, yeah, so this is a wild thing. Go, go near orangutans. Yeah. They estimate that orangutans are five times stronger than the human being. So okay. good luck. Least. Okay. So what's, what, so, right. what's the go Twitter ahead. debate here? The Twitter debate. Would you take on a, one orangutan with a sword once a year? <laughs> I, I, I assume that we both have swords. <laughs> wait, or, wait, wait, what? what do you mean take them on? Like we have to fight an orangutan? We have to fight an orangutan. Fight an orangutan, orangutan. And I have a sword? We both have swords. Both have swords. The orangutan has a sword. Okay. I think we both have swords. Okay. Yeah. Or you fight. You have to defeat a chicken every single time you get into a vehicle. <laughs> it's so great. This is like where we, as a species, <laughs> have run out of things to think about. 
You know, like no, this is come the up stuff they should be thinking about instead of all the other stuff they fight about on Twitter. <laughs> all right. So if once a year to live, I have to kill an orangutan with a sword, mm-hmm. potentially, or my bare hands, or every time I get in my car or any car or any vehicle, like I could, I can't just say I'll take the city bus. Any car, vehicle, whatever, like any. So presumably, uh, multiple times a day, I have to fight a chicken. Yes. <laughs> In the so car, this is thousands of chickens. Is the fight in the car? I, I'm going to move it outside the car. Okay. I feel like it's like, so like the, it, it's, yeah, the chicken is standing there. It's easy to fight them in the chick in the, the car. The chicken is standing he, there waiting for you when you come to the right. car. Like I don't think did you it's see like Rocky. A, you, you got to chase that chicken down. Grease lightning. It's not easy. <laughs> but the chicken knows, like you, I'm here to fight. Yes, you. right. The chicken it's, says it's a one-on-one we, battle. We meet again. Here we go. Is it Cluck Norris? Is it Cluck Norris? <laughs> That's a great question. You could come across a Cluck. I think it's... Is it a different chicken every time? A different chicken every time. And, and I don't think it's like a when you get a DUI, you got to blow to turn on the car. <laughs> I don't think it's like that. Where it's in the car, you could actually do it outside okay. the car. Okay. All right. Can a chicken kill you? That's... Uh, no. But, but a well, I mean, they could, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. See, no, I think... Right. I mean, like if you fell down and got knocked out, it could just peck, peck you to death. I, I, uh, this is an easy one this for is me. A, this is a people's court? This is yes. Absolute layup, in my opinion. I'm taking the chicken. Yeah. I'm not fighting a damn orangutan <laughs> with a sword, without a sword, with a gun. I don't want to fight an orangutan. That thing's coming at you. <laughs> yeah. I, I You got to fire off some rounds. With a gun, it would be a challenge. I mean, I guess you could be far away, but like if they put you in the octagon, and I don't care what, if you had a pistol, you'd have to start like orangutan, elusive, mega strong pretty smart yeah. the chicken would be a huge hassle but i would think i would perfect my chicken killing skills exactly i would yeah. come up with a yeah. strategy right. over time where i can get it snap the neck pretty quick yep ring the neck real yeah. quick and then it's running also, around without its head dinner precisely no i'd have dinner every day exactly no you're, yes your thoughts are my thoughts precisely is that that's Eat what for you, free. you figure out a way to kill the chicken the chicken is never going to outsmart you it's never going to outstrong you it's an annoyance every day but you just kind of build it into your daily routine okay i got to leave the house 10 <laughs> minutes earlier because i got to fight the chicken so you go out there and it's like okay chicken it's on let's go and yes you grab it you break its neck and then you you hand it over to somebody you know presumably in this scenario, since, since this is the most ridiculous scenario ever, I'm going to presume that I have a, a cook at home, too, that I can hand the chicken to and say, here, turn this into a delicious dish by the time I get home. We'll see you later. I'm taking on oh, the chicken. Well, you, you get three, four chickens a day. Probably four <laughs> right. chickens a day. You become yeah, Wade Boggs. The whole you eat chicken all the time. I would hire that. that I'd run a chicken restaurant. <laughs> I'd become an investor <laughs> in a chicken that's restaurant. That's true. You can actually turn this into a money-making venture. Oh, I, yeah. I, I need more chicken. We're out. Let me just go try to get in my car. <laughs> exactly. Keep getting in my car all day. Gotta, all morning. Yeah. I just kill chickens, throw them over the shoulder. That Boston market, cook them up. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. Millionaire. I mean, yeah. Maybe once in a while you run across a, a badass chicken, a, a Cluck Norris type, and you have to really tussle. But but again, you, you, should, you should have the strategy down. You beat the chicken. You go on. And then you come yeah, home. Yeah. You could turn the orangutan thing into like a pay-per-view fight. Like I'm, I'm gonna host it at a Ren fair and do a whole thing. Like, like Ren fair. I, I'm gonna be in. I'm gonna be head to toe night year one year. <laughs> one year we're gonna we're gonna joust. We're gonna stick him on a horse. Like who wouldn't watch an orangutan jousting fight? It's tremendous. As as if those Renaissance fairs weren't weird enough. That would that would take it over the top. 
where you get you show up. If you knew it was a fight to the death between a man and an orangutan, <laughs> yeah, then you might be. Let's might say this was going to happen. Would you go watch? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, I 100%. Yeah, I, even I saw, though you might watch a man murdered by a orangutan. <laughs> I saw, I saw a vicious video of actual jousting going on at a rent fair. I'm yeah. like, if I knew that that that's been going on the whole time, I'm going to go tailgate that thing. <laughs> so, okay, so two, there's only two outcomes: either you watch an orangutan stabbed to death with a sword, <laughs> or, or you, are you watch a man death. killed by an orangutan. <laughs> Okay, uh, and how much would you? How, what's what, what would you be willing to pay to watch this? This is like dark uh, web stuff here. We, we this is really. I mean, this is some dark, deep. You know, you guys are making fun of Ari Fleischer for working for the Live Golf Tournament, like whatever. I'm paying more than the LSU Gold package that they're just coming out. They're charging nine dollars a a, a month to for this new streaming service i'm paying at least nine dollars to watch to watch lsu gold yeah and there's not even games on it it's just a bunch of podcasts not even games well you know what people should pay a lot for good podcasts hint hint yeah hey hey lsu gold we got content for (laughs) you we've said a lot of nice things about will wade on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe we won't make it but you know we're good with brian kelly we're tight with him now come on fine have a song. We're family. Let's go pick on Tigers. <laughs> we coming. We coming to the podcast network. LSU Gold. I got to say, I, I watch some really, like, obviously, I've, you know, I've watched some, I go down some YouTube holes and I definitely watch like Street Fight. I have like, you know, I follow like some questionable <laughs> accounts online. Clearly. Bare knuckle media. boxing. <laughs> yeah. I have bought a bare knuckle boxing pay per view before. Oh, my God. Uh, fight TV. I've, I went to a barroom wrestling match in in Atlanta. When you you were you were um, into the, the so helicopter I, I am, hunting. I'm down on the list. I'm, I, I cast no aspersions, but I don't know that I would want to watch an orangutan man match. That might be too. That might be too disturbing for me. Too much. We finally found the bottom on Wetzel. We finally. I mean, you found feel it. bad for the orangutan, and then yeah. you, I mean, a guy dead. Feel bad for the human. Yeah. I think I'd root for the orangutan. Yeah, probably so. I mean, if he didn't have a choice, I don't know. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. Barbaric stuff. He hadn't been Even trained by up my or standards. coached, and the humans theoretically would have been coached, so he's a disadvantage. Go orangutan. I'm this team orangutan. This video changed my mind, though. This video changed my mind. I'm going chicken. Yeah, gotta go chicken. Yeah, you people underestimate the orangutan. Yep. I thought it would just be like some wildly swinging orangutan with the sword around its head. No, no, no. <laughs> If this guy wants to mess you up, he'll mess you up. <laughs> you're dead. You're done. I, honestly, with a handgun, you are in trouble. First, you don't know that you're going to kill him in one bullet. Mankind has run out of things to think about. That's my take. Period. I, this, I'm really reassessing my life. I, I, when you, when you look back and said you bought a bare knuckle <laughs> pay per view from a Nevada casino. <laughs> Maybe I need to watch more college softball and know who the all-time home run champ is. All right. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better. But next week, we will review Everybody Wants Some. There we go. If you want to follow along, rent it. Then we'll do more. We'll be back next Tuesday or Monday. I don't know, whenever. Next week. Everyone enjoy your weekend. Talk to you later.